Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to another episode of The Stacks. I am your host, Tracy Thomas. And today we're talking with celebrity trainer, Alec Penix. Alec has a new book out. It's about getting healthy for your mind, body, and spirit. It's called Seven Sundays. We're in the middle of our first annual The Stacks Book Club Battle of the Books, and you can vote over on our Instagram page. If you're not following us, go to at the Stacks pod on Instagram, and you can vote in our stories for your favorite book of the season. We'll announce the winners on December 31st. If you love The Stacks, check out our Patreon page. Patreon is a website that allows you to contribute to the show and help me keep giving you all awesome bookish podcasts. In exchange for your generosity, I lined up some awesome perks just for you. Things like our virtual book club, submitting questions of our guests, getting to be a member of the Stacks Pack, and shout outs on the show. I want to give a special thank you to our newest member of the Stacks Pack, Florence Candell. Thank you, Florence, and thank you all of our members of the Stacks Pack. If a monthly subscription isn't something you can commit to right now, that's totally okay. You can do one-time contributions by going to paypal.me slash the stacks pod. Make sure you're following the stacks on social media so you never miss a thing like Battle of the Books and other exciting stuff that's coming your way in 2019. There are links to all of our accounts in the show notes. Also in the show notes, you'll find links to everything we talk about on today's episode. Using those links to shop for anything on Amazon also helps the stacks and comes at no cost to you. Okay, Listeners of this show, you're super familiar with this part. This is the part where I ask you to subscribe and rate and review. But I realized I've never really told you how to do it. So here goes. If you're listening to us through Apple Podcasts, go ahead and click on that podcast app, that purple one. Then you're going to click the search icon in the bottom right corner. From there, I want you to type the stacks and enter. You'll see my logo pop up. You just click on it. If you have not yet, you'll hit that purple subscribe button. Now you're subscribed. From here, I need you to scroll down a little bit, and you're going to see something that says ratings and reviews. There'll be some stars over on the right-hand side. Go ahead, click five stars, and then a little bit further down, back on the left side, you're going to see write a review in purple. Click there. You're going to write a little review. It'll ask you for a username or something. You can make it up. It doesn't have to be your name. No one cares. But you put that in. You put in a little blurb about the show, and now you click enter, and you're done. It's super easy. It really helps the show. And now that you're done with that, we can get on with the episode. Here's my conversation with celebrity trainer and author of Seven Sundays, Alec Penix. 
All right, everybody, we are here today with our guest, Alec Penix. Alec is a celebrity trainer and the author of a brand new book on fitness and Christianity called Seven Sundays. Alec, welcome to the Stacks. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're here. Okay, so here's what I want to know. I want to know something about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself that's not you're a celebrity trainer. So like maybe where you're from, how you got to LA, something along those lines. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I am from Michigan. I'm from a small town uh, in Michigan. Have you heard of Chelsea, Michigan? No. No. Okay. <laughs> it's right outside of Ann Arbor. So I grew okay. up as a huge Michigan fan. Okay. Basketball, football, everything. Everything. Okay. Uh, I'm a huge sports guy. And I, my dream as a young kid was to play at the University of Michigan. Then I, then people started calling me Rudy, meaning like <laughs> I wasn't good enough to go to Michigan. Um, but after that, uh, I ended up, uh, playing at the university, uh, Eastern Michigan university for football for okay. a little bit, but it wasn't my thing anymore. Then I, I then went to university of Kentucky to start, sort of get away from home, uh, to spread my wings a little bit and, uh, see what I was all about. And I, I wanted a little bit of taste of sec football okay. and all that and Southern, <laughs> the Southern girls and, yeah. you know, the cooking all right. and all that. And yeah, then after that, I came out to to uh, Hollywood. So, Amazing. Yeah, it's been quite so you kind of did Midwest, Southern, West Coast. Yeah, I've, I've kind of been all over the place. I tell everyone that if it wasn't for my journey to Kentucky, I probably would never had the courage to come out to Hollywood. Right. Uh, so I, I just I look back at things. You can connect the dots going back. Sure. And you're like, oh, everything happens for a reason. That makes so much sense. Um, do you? Well, let me ask you this way. You're a celebrity trainer or what we call a celebrity trainer, which I think is like kind of a silly thing. And it yes. like sounds super glamorous. And like, it sounds like you're just standing next to like yeah. Kim Kardashian and yeah. being like, do a crunch or something. Yeah. But like, what, what do you feel like in your job is actually super cool, glamorous LA? And then what about your job? Are you like, this is a nightmare. People <laughs> do not understand how horrible this is. Uh, I think one of the coolest things is <clears throat> seeing your work on stage or sure. on TV when you are working with a celebrity over and over and over again you you have this intimate connection with them right and you, you see their body transform over a course of you know how however long it is right and so when you see them performing and doing their thing you're like i played a little bit in that right a little part into that and it wasn't just like their physical transformation was also the bond and the relationship that you you have throughout that journey as well right uh but something that people overlook we from an outsider you always look into someone's job and you're like i wish i had their job right of course but you don't realize the sacrifices and all the other bad negative things that are come along with it as Uh well and it's not like negative things but when you're ever dealing with, for instance, when I was on tour with the band Big Time Rush, okay, there's there's four the four guys, okay, and so it's it's not always an easy thing to deal with all those personalities, right? Sure. And so, are you doing each one one at a time, or are you doing well? You like would group think training? that let's just do a group <laughs> training, guys. Right. But it's like when you have egos and you you have that competition there. Mm, They're like, well, I, I want my time at this time, you know, and so it was wasn't an easy thing to juggle. Right. Cause you're managing their personalities yes. and then also trying to manage their bodies and what they're eating and all that stuff. And everyone has a different vision and they want right. this and that someone's vegan and someone's not. It's like, 
okay, I mean, I can do it, but we could also just like, I can give you guys all a great workout right now. Yeah, together. we could all just do this together <laughs> and like all then to go take a nap or something. <laughs> right. I guess maybe that was just more of me being lazy. I don't no, know. <laughs> I feel that. I mean, because it, it, I work in fitness also. I teach cycling classes, so it's a little bit different. It's not quite as one-on-one, but one of the things I feel like people don't ever think about is that you really are managing people in some of their most vulnerable places. Mm -hmm. And for everyone who's listening who exercises, you know that feeling of like you go to do a workout and you're just like, I can't do it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm having a bad day. This Mm -hmm. is the worst. And you start really like getting down on yourself. And I'm assuming, especially in personal training, you're really, it's an intimate relationship. It's either, like you said, it's getting somebody motivated right. to work out if they've had a bad day or someone comes in ready to work out because mm-hmm. it's been an emotional day right. and then you get take them through this intense workout and then they start crying right. because they're so emotional and it's like this emotional release right and so totally. y- you just deal with a lot of this this crazy stuff but the whole the whole point i think when it comes to uh, tr- uh being a personal trainer is not just changing their body but also giving them the best experience they totally. possibly can have Knowing, I want them to understand that when they will leave with a better experience, they'll feel better once they leave me right. in the session, and that's that's the goal. And it's not totally. it's not about me and the, you know dealing with their personalities. It's, it's about overcoming that and yeah. still delivering them a great experience. That's such a good segue to talk about your book. Yay. So Alex's book is called Seven Sundays, and it's a book about fitness goals, nutrition goals. But it's also a book about Christianity and spirituality and how that influences the way that people are able to grow and achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess – so I read the book. I really thought – I thought it was interesting. Wow. I thought it was a really interesting approach. You said, wow, of course I read the book. This is a book podcast. <laughs> you know, it's not about your reading skills. No. It's just like – I mean, it, it always makes – it's like my book. You read the whole thing. Yeah, it's I read crazy. the whole thing. I read everything. Um, it – I had an interesting response to the book because, well, I'll be fully disclosed. I'm not religious Mm -hmm. and I'm not, I'm specifically not Christian. I was raised, my mother's Jewish. So like I'm Jewish, but I kind of never really connected with religion. And so reading your book as someone who comes from the fitness side, I was like, this is so interesting because of course the spiritual, I understand that, but actually seeing it connected to the Bible and like seeing it so specific, I was like, this is so different from Mm -hmm. anything I've ever experienced. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I also was like, hmm, could I incorporate this? So I guess the question is for someone like me, who's not Christian and maybe agnostic or, or Jewish or Buddhist or whatever, how can they approach your book? I always tell people that this book is really about the exp- the expression of me and my journey. Sure. That God was the catalyst for my transformation. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it would that would be true for you, right. you know, or anyone else for that matter. And that's why I say, hey, if you it, there are great lessons in this book, sure. practical lessons that you can apply into working out, sleeping, your nutrition, yeah. and even spirituality when it comes to conditioning the mind and conditioning your spirit. If you want to replace Jesus or God with whatever n- right. name, universe, life, Buddha, it, it, right. I am not going to be that person that's saying, no, that's not right. Sure. I am just not that person. And, right. and for me to say that I am somebody else would be going against who I am truly. Sure. But it's really just um, an expression of what I went through. And I would kind of, I kind of spoke upon this earlier, is yeah. that it was really about how God 
it was about having that faith in God uh-huh. that got me to embark on this journey. Right. And then how that sort of helped me have faith in myself. Right. And you do talk about that kind of in the intro of the mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about kind of your like approach because I think it's, well, it's really cool and it's a word. Um, do you want to tell people kind of like how the book is broken down a little bit? Yeah. So it, uh, you t- you're talking about the acronym chosen, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yes, so it's a, it's a forty three day devotional, and if for those of you who do not know what a devotional is, it's and people automatically think it's like this religious exercise experience that you're you're gonna have. But I say, you know, with seven Sundays, I want you to have the freedom to choose whatever that is for you. But a devotional mm-hmm. is really breaks it down day by day. Mm-hmm. So each it's a forty three day devotional or seven Sundays, you wouldn't call it. Uh, and you, every day you're going to be doing something a little bit different. Right. Like you said, it's not just something that you're going to be doing with exercise, nutrition, and sleep. It's also something that you're going to apply spiritually where you're going to – it's like an introspection that you have with yourself about sort of diving deep within that and sort of uh, embarking and allowing that spiritual aspect to come into those weaknesses and to g- give you that 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 – uh, strength that you need to sustain throughout the journey. And then on top of that, you also have a element of going out into the world and sharing and connecting with your friends, your family. And, um, if it's your community to go not only to power yourself, but empower those around you. Mm -hmm. And so you want to break it down. You have this word chosen that I picked because it was a word that I, I, that I turned to when I was younger or when I, when I first started this journey to, it wasn't like the it, it wasn't like this affirmation that you say mm-hmm. over and over and over again, but it was something that I used to condition my mind into right. to think that I really was chosen, uh, and it's something that you're not only going to be saying, but something that you're going to be applying. And really, what chosen means is that you have uh, you have conceding, which is for the seed, conceding, honoring, and offering, which is are, are the three spiritual elements of it. Conceding is it's just like a simple prayer. It's acknowledging God. It's or whoever you want it to be. And it's really activating that faith to mm-hmm. get you in, in the right mindset. And then you have honoring. And I like to tell people that we often uh, pay attention to our physical diet, but we often overlook our spiritual diet. So sure. it's really about it's, it's having a scripture and just saying that to yourself and conditioning your mind and saying that I am I, like I can do anything through God who strengthens me who strengthens me. I, anything is possible. Those types of things like, and you have that a a different honoring each and every day as you, as you move forward, Mm -hmm. it it can actually, you start to really believe this. Right. And then you, like I said on before, you have the offering as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the three elements. That was my favorite. I really like offering. It's kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So offering is kind of like, doing something for others or showing up for other people. So sometimes it's, you know, feeding someone. Yeah. Um, one that I really liked was doing something physical for someone else who might have needed that help. I just thought that was really nice because there are so many people around us who yeah. maybe need like someone to come pull something, like pull their Christmas decorations down. Right. You know, like it could be so easy. And for you, it could be like nothing. And for them, it it's like something deal. they're dreading. Yeah. So I really liked offering that just that one really spoke to me. And then the other three are more what you're going to think of as like a typical body fitness. So those are sleep, Sleep, exercise, and nutrition. And And even within that, I think some of them are really subtle and cool. Yeah. Totally. And and, uh, that's what I like is that you're, we often focus so much on our destination. We want to lose 15 Mm -hmm. pounds, 20 Mm -hmm. pounds, 
that we don't pay attention to what to do today right. and the little things that we have to do today because it's like a compounding effect. Like that just doesn't just happen with money. It happens with self-empowerment as sure. well. It, it, compounding those little victories each and every day yeah. to give you that confidence to lose that 15 right. pounds. And right. so I like how it, it, they, there is l- like little things here and there that you like helps you acknowledge those things mm-hmm. and say, wow, I am amazing. I just right. pushed away that cheesecake. Right. You know, totally. And, and I think like the spiritual part of it or the emotional or whatever you want to call it, the internal part of it. I think that especially with the offering, it's like when you do something really good for someone uh, else, you feel so good. Uh, you feel empowered. You're like, yeah, I also can do this other good thing yeah. for me. Like it's a stepping stone. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I just like for some for whatever reason the offering one I was like so into every day. It's it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's 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 different. And I, I took one. I actually used it in my life. I you? went to Starbucks, and one of the offerings was like to to introduce yourself, like to find out the people around you their name. Yeah. And I go to Starbucks all the time, and I went in, and I was like, "By the way, what was your name?" And then I like smiled because there was one that was like smile at yeah. everybody. I just felt so good. I was like, "Yeah, I could not this." Yeah, because <laughs> a simple act like that, like, "Oh, that so person easy. actually cares my about my name." Like, right. that's of somebody that's come in a lot, and now like they acknowledged me, and, and then that something like that can change someone's life. It's yeah. a ripple effect. And it could change your life too. Like it, it can be selfish as you want it to be. But it is. You know? That's how, that's how, it, that's how relationships work. It's about right. not about what you can get out of the relationship, it's about what you give. Right. And ultimately we are both, or both people are benefited from exactly. it. And I tell uh, people that with offering is like, it's the quickest way to get out of depression. Yeah. It changes, it changes your state of mind. It puts you in a state of gratitude instantly. Right. It so brings you to the bad, moment too, yeah. like very present in the moment. A lot of the offerings. Another thing that I loved was one of the sleep ones was wash your sheets. And I just was like, that's so funny and great, but it's true. Like when you get in a clean bed, you're like, I'm going to just sleep in this bed all day. Like all I want to do is lay in this clean bed. So I really like that one. (laughs) This is the one thing I'm guilty of is using my bedroom as more than a place to sleep and uh, be intimate with whoever. I, like I use it as a place of entertainment yeah. and food and all of that stuff. And it's like one of the, the keys I think to your, your bedroom and sleep is yeah. utilizing it solely for like certain totally. things. Totally. You have, I mean, there's like a section of, so basically let me give a little bit more. The book kind of starts off and it's really easy. Like everything seems really easy. Mm-hmm. And by that last week. So if you didn't do the math, I didn't at first 43 days is, is six weeks and a Sunday, right? Either the first one or the last one, depending on how you want to think about it. So it's a six week plus one program. Um, and in the beginning it's like, just notice these things. And then by the end, it's like, we're cracking down. No phone in the bedroom. Like no screen time. No intermittent fasting. Can't like, enjoy life. Yeah, at it's all. like you start. But I mean, and you also set really realistic expectations for people's mm-hmm. bodies to change. Mm-hmm. You say about one to two pounds a week exactly. is like realistic. Yeah. Um, and I do kind of have a follow-up on that. As we're talking now, you know, it's right around New Year's and People are setting goals for their body and those changes that they want to see for New Year's resolutions. What do you think are successful tools and tips people can use as they set goals to change their body that incorporate not only like achievable goals, but also ways to help them keep going when we mm. get to March and June and October? Right. I, I, I say that in this in this time, especially when it comes to like Thanksgiving and then now Christmas, is to have those realistic expectations with yourself. Right. And uh, maybe for some people, you can 
excel during this moment. It, uh, what people don't really understand about when it, when it gets cold, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of going off in a tangent here for <laughs> it's a second. It's okay. We tangent that, all the time around here. <laughs> is that naturally our bodies sense this change in that we crave different types of foods. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people realize that their their appetites actually increase during the times when it gets cold outside. So also know that, that you're fighting against our natural instinct mm. as well. And, and then on top of that, you have the dinners, the, the, all the food and the desserts, the holiday parties, and the, holiday cocktail parties, parties. And the drinking <laughs> and all of that. And Hey, let, that's fine. But I, we need to have realistic expectations during this season. And the key is not to go so far back. Actually, I say, let's focus on maintaining during this time, right? Maintaining so that when you can reflect upon this whole year and how far you've gone on your own fitness mm-hmm. journey and that you're like, shoot, man, I wish that last month I would have just stayed focused like I was doing. Let's like just keep, right. sort of keep the same type of regiment. Don't right. try to overdo it. Don't try right. to Don't like, try to lose 10 pounds yeah, in just, December. Just, yeah, <laughs> just maintain. Don't worry about the weight. Don't worry about any of that because realistically, you're going to go tap into some of that food that you right. probably wouldn't eat normally. You're going right. to go back to the family. Your whole routine changes. So having the right mindset, I think, allows us to be easier on ourselves in that we start in a better place when it comes to January. Right. I heard this one great thing. I wonder what you'll think about it. Someone, a, a nutritionist that I was working with, they said, obviously, you know, if you're a person who drinks, so someone who's not sober, if you're a person who drinks and you're doing holiday parties, you're going to be drinking, you're going to be going out, you're going to be enjoying yourself. And they said, you should commit to drinking your least favorite alcohol that you enjoy. (laughs) So like, if you love vodka, you shouldn't drink vodka. You should drink tequila Mm -hmm. because like you like tequila, but you don't love tequila. So you're less likely to drink five. You might just have one or two and kind of sip it throughout the night. And I thought that was such a good thing. You just say like, look, you can drink. This isn't about depriving yourself of enjoying your time with your family and friends, but it's about making choices like that. Like if you love macaroni and cheese and you're like, I can, I can't only do one helping. Then maybe you say, I'm not going to do the macaroni and cheese. I'm going to do mashed potatoes instead because I like the mashed potatoes. Exactly. Having, uh, and I talk about having healthy alternatives in in my Mm -hmm. book as well, but you, yeah, it's little tricks like that, that go a long way. And I love the psychology behind that. Mm -hmm. It's like, We'll have it instead of like having mixed drinks. Why don't you just have it on, like on the rocks or right. something, and then you know, something that you don't like. Yeah, right. have fun As with much. that. Right. You yeah. know, don't do something you hate. Yeah, yeah like, right. If you hate gin, don't drink gin. Like right. that's no fun. Yeah, you know, but, <laughs> but it is time to. It is a time to enjoy and reflect on the year and spend time with your family and um, and so don't be so hard on yourself. Right. Enjoy enjoy that moment and. Right. There are little tricks that I tell people is that if you can, well, why don't have your dinner earlier? Like, in a, like mm. instead of having it so late, if you, what about moving it at like around five or six? Mm-hmm. Give your because anything really past seven o'clock or whatever, your body says I'm not storing that. I right. Mean, I really believe in a food curfew. Okay. So, so bringing that the food the 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 dinner down a couple hours earlier, I think, will also make a huge difference. Allow your food to digest, and so you're not going to bed feeling so full. So full, yeah. So let's talk about this food curfew because it comes up towards the end of the book. I think it's the last two weeks we do the fasting, or is it the last three weeks? Uh, it's going to be the last two because we have yeah. intermittent and, and then, then we, we have, have daniel, daniel fast. fast um so i have always been really curious about intermittent fasting as someone who exercises in the morning mm-hmm. because if you don't know intermittent fasting is basically well in your in your case are always it's eight hours of a day where you can be eating and 16 hours of the day where you are not eating anything you can right. have black coffee and you can have non-sugared honeyed tea yeah. and then you can have water mm-hmm. 
You can brush your teeth, I think, right? It's not like it's not like Rosh Hashanah or it's not like Yom Kippur where you like can't even <laughs> oh, brush your teeth. Please brush your teeth. Yeah, please brush your teeth, people. <laughs> and then once the fasting, so you set your eight hours of when you're going to eat, but the rest of the time you're not eating. So my question is, someone who exercises a lot in the morning, I get super hungry after mm-hmm. and like after working out. So is that going to be a problem? For someone like me, like, do I need to replenish that protein right after eating, or you're saying that it's safe to not do that? Well, I, I would also, I would, I would definitely recommend working out on an empty stomach. That's what I do. That's like one of my tricks is that I always want to, um, like, in the morning, I always work out on an empty stomach. I do my cardio, my weights, and empty stomach. That, and that's, I think, really been one of the keys to my own success. Hmm. But um, it. it I always tell people to eat after you work out. Right. They, they talk about that, like, you know, that two-hour window or whatever. So if you can plan it out, so maybe you eat dinner a little bit earlier the night before. Right. And then you can plan it out where you can have that workout in. And honestly, maybe your intermittent fasting isn't 16 hours. Maybe it's 14. Okay. But it's still going to be effective over a course of the time if you're implementing it consistently in, into your, your regimen. Okay. So with me also, I've I found it says 16 hours. Mm-hmm. But I, for, I have a higher metabolism because I've trained my condition, my body to be that right, way. Right. And so 16 hours, I was famished. Right. Like, and then what <laughs> I do, I went to... I went to go eat and I ate overate and then right. I got tired. Got and it. so what I did is I figured I listened to my body and says, and told me do 14 hours. I did 14 hours. And then that's when I was this, on this routine. And then I could then move my, my workout up a little bit if mm-hmm. possible. Not everyone is right. Can do those things. But if, if you can move your workout up a little bit mm-hmm. and then have that, have that food right after mm-hmm. to sort of replenish that, mm-hmm. you know, like at least doing up to like 30 minutes to an hour after a workout is, okay. is, is key. Okay, that's if that makes sense. No, it does. Because I, I was thinking, like, if you work out in the evening, sure, that's easy. If you're doing your intermittent fasting, you're starting at noon, and mm-hmm. you can eat from noon to eight. But if you work out at six a.m., then that means you're done eating at two p.m. Mm-hmm. If you start eating like soon thereafter, mm-hmm. three p.m. So mm-hmm. I was like, how does that work for an early morning person? If right. you have to go to your job and blah, 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 blah. yeah, <laughs> I I did. Uh, I, I've been. You know, I I like to experiment because I like to implement those things with my clients and mm-hmm. if they work. If if I think it's realistic. I did get to go to a period where I would work out in the morning and mm-hmm. I wouldn't eat until that fasting period was ready. Mm-hmm. And I did see my body change. I got leaner. I did lose a little muscle mass. So it's mm-hmm. really that whole eating right after a workout is is really about maintaining and building them that the lean, muscle. lean muscle. Yeah. And it's also about having sanity too right. because I people, get so hungry. Yeah, you you use that <laughs> use your brain like you have to feed carbs, you have to feed your brain in order to be effective. Right. as well. So I'm not in You're the, flexible. I'm flexible. I'm not in the business of making people ineffective. I'm right. making I'm in the I want your life to to be to better. Work. Yeah, to work for you. Okay, that's so awesome. We're going to kind of transition now into reading. Um, we're going to move away from your book a little bit into some of the books that you love and then inspire and excite you. Um, so we always start with this question. What are two books you love and one book you hate? Or if you don't want to say hate, you can say a book that you're just like not that into. Okay. <laughs> two books that I love. Well, I, I'm like this instant, like the books I've been reading this year and it's really ab- about the uh, self-empowerment. It's about conditioning um, not only the body, but your mind and your mm-hmm. emotions. And one of the, uh, it's changed me a lot and people have their own opinions about Tony Robbins, but the waking the giant within is, I think one of the better self-help books that I, uh, that I probably have ever read. I mean, 
we not to go on a little tangent. We have this thing we go read self help books, but a lot of times we can't help ourselves. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm in a period of now. I think that having that faith in myself that I can apply some of these things that are sure. in these books and I actually do them. You know, so that's been one. And then another book that I love to read is quick is the four the four agreements, which we're going to be talking yeah. about next week, everybody. So Yay. get excited. Um, so we, let's not talk about it too much. So okay. you're going to okay. spend a whole no bunch problem. of time. You guys, but, you're making me yeah. hold off. Making you hold back, <laughs> but you're going to have like 45 minutes to talk about it next okay. week. Um, okay. What about a book you don't like so much or that you hate? I'm the always the positive person. So okay. I, I, every book I can get a little bit out of. And if, if I don't. You're, so, you're too nice you for know, this show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like I can get something out of anything. And if I don't like it, I, I think that I'll just stop reading it. And okay. I don't. It doesn't really ever get to a point of like, I hated that book. I just get bored. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. You can have that answer. Safe, 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 safe. Oh, yeah. um, what's a What's the last great book you read? The last great book I read. I read this book about, it's called Super Brain. Okay. And it is about uh, Deepak Chopra and mm-hmm. uh, wrote this book. And he talks a lot about um, just how body, mind, and spirit enlightened me a lot we we throw around body mind and spirit and we really don't know what that means sure the there it's much more than we can imagine but because of that new relationship that now that i have that understanding i can totally um i think direct myself in a better way control my emotions in a better way and you know not to get so deep here but you'll read it in my book but uh I, I was diagnosed with a learning disability mm. when I was younger. So I have this absolute hunger and obsession to learn about the brain and to mm. understand it better. And, and so, it, and because of that, uh, because of these books that I've, I've been reading, they've been changing my life. It's they so really cool. have been changing my life and to see myself differently, to see that, Oh, I was just a, a product of this identity that I placed on myself. And, mm-hmm. and so they have really started, I wouldn't say I'm there yet, but it's breaking me out into this, this place of freedom where I'm not in the shell anymore, where mm-hmm. I can fully express myself and not be worried. Right. That's what's so cool about books is that sometimes you can, find out information about yourself or your world or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, whether it's a learning disability or maybe you're diagnosed with depression or maybe you find out, you know, you were adopted or something like whatever it is. And that there's books there that can help you understand it in a more visceral way, as Mm -hmm. opposed to like this label that's like put on you. You can say like, Oh, you can read like how you're reading to learn about the brain, but you could also read a memoir about someone who has the same thing. And like, it's just, that's why I love books so much. That's my next phase is is like a memoir. Oh my God. I love memoir. I have some really dark, deep, I like dark, heavy reading. So if you're ever in the mood of like, I've got all the memoir recs for you. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll send them all to you. Um, What are you reading right now? Uh, Well, what I, I just got, done with you guys probably think i'm just the biggest nerd but no uh, if we're this this is a uh, book podcast everyone listening is a giant nerd don't worry (laughs) i just got done reading a book called psycho cybernetics okay and it's absolutely fascinating okay what's it about well again it's about it's it's about the mind about the brain and it's also uh it just there's a this guy who uh, Maxwell, I see. I read these books, and I often it's okay. Their, we put their, everything yeah. in the show notes, so yeah. we'll put like a link to the book yeah. and the author's name, so people, all, okay, cool. everyone will have great, the information. Great, great, great. Don't worry. Um, well, this guy, he uh, was a face surgeon, like, and, okay. and so what he experienced through his his experience as a surgeon is that he, some people 
would feel amazing when they get done and their mm -hmm. life would change mm -hmm. inside and out. And then there were some that still felt like they were ugly and they weren't mm. worthy. And then this, and so that led him into understanding this mind and this spirit and emotional side better. And he started digging into that. So he had this ability to change someone's look, but also change their inside right. inside as well. And it's just so much fascinating stuff. It's a, uh, it talks about in moments of crisis, like mm -hmm. when we have to, if it's like a, do, a job interview or you have to stand up on stage, it's like gives you practical skills in order to get the best out of yourself totally. and to tap into those, those limited, uh, like those untapped, that untapped potential within you that yeah. we don't know how to. And it just directs you and guides you. And I, I don't know. I just find it fascinating. That sounds awesome. Yeah. What what are you looking forward to reading? What's next on your list? Like I said, I want to I want to read uh, a, a biography, a memoir. And I haven't been led to one. I kind of okay. like books are kind of like led to me yeah. sort of thing. Like so someone will recommend them recommend to you or something. It. So I put it out there into the universe. Okay. And so. So you know what's going to happen? I'm going to put all your social media and stuff in the show notes and people are going to message you like, oh, you need to read this book. So yes, please send them my uh, way. My listeners are super nerds like us and they're also really awesome cool people so they'll they'll find you yeah. they'll be like oh alec check this out like <laughs> and as you can tell i'm more on this like uh if you want to call it self-help motivation mm -hmm. inspiration so hey feel free to direct me to another like another direction genre if you yeah, feel totally like, you're you, gonna get so many yeah. literary fiction books don't you can't you're not even gonna okay. know how many stories <laughs> you're gonna hear about <laughs> Well, what's a book that you like to recommend to people? Ooh, what book? Seven Sundays. No. <laughs> well, obviously, we recommend that book. But what's a book that you, before you wrote your own book? I would say uh, The Four Agreements. And I say that because it's simple, it's yeah. sweet, and it's right to the point. So concise, true. And it's something that you can, like, stick in your bag and you can revert to like that. Mm -hmm. Like there's some books out there that are more in depth. You need to sit down. You mm -hmm. need to, like, really put your time into uh, and so I think like a smaller book like that, that you can refer, like revert back to yeah. whenever kind of like a guide, a guide. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that four agreements is kind of what it, that's been for me. Okay. I like that. Okay. So what's a really good book that someone's recommended to you? There was a, a book called return to love by Marion Williams okay. that uh, came to me. Like I said earlier, books are sort of I'm led yeah right to certain books and you're not alone in that yes I, okay good uh and this was a, a point in time where I was going through a uh, phase where I wanted to learn more about love mm -hmm. and to understand it more and to understand uh, I know you these aren't necessarily things you can you can learn intellectually you need experience with them but the growing up I um, I felt like I was missing out on a lot of this affection and this love that you know not all of us have but some mm -hmm. of us have and mm -hmm. I and I can see the difference in people mm -hmm. the ones that are have been affectionate um, with their their family um, and so I wanted to learn more about what that is and how does that look and how can I open myself and, and mm. receive this love um, right now even even regardless of my circumstances sure you know and understanding and that book actually opened me up in a way that i was like wow this this is uh genius this is great she's she's amazing mm -hmm. amazing author have you heard of the five love languages yes those books have you read that uh i am actually have that on this uh audiobook right now oh are you an audiobook person um there are certain books that I choose to do. I do. Okay. I, I like to do both. Is your book on audio? Yes, it okay, is. Cool. It is. Uh, it, 
I choose to do both to, to retain as mm -hmm. much information as I possibly can. So if I'm in the car, I like to, to have the audio version, obviously, and then I also have the physical form. Oh, as well. so sometimes you do both. Yes, depending okay. on the, depending on the book. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook, with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. So we know that you love self-help, personal growth books and brain books. Mm -hmm. Are there any genres that you avoid or you're just not that into? Uh horror other than like goosebumps i remember okay. reading goosebumps when i was younger but no, like, no scary things I, I cannot do scary movies scary books i don't know if that makes me a wuss but i remember 
the the most recent movie that I went and saw was It. Okay, scary. Yeah, and I <laughs> that's just, like real scary stuff. Yeah, I was like a stress eating. I ate <laughs> peanut M and M's and I eat I ate the, all the popcorn and I was just like I felt sick afterwards and I'm like maybe this horror movies aren't just not for you. not for me and yeah. so I. I just I think I have an innocent like I like an innocent brain okay. or something, and I just like want to stay not as light it. as possible. Yeah, keep it light. I, There's enough horror in the world. You don't need I, all of it right. like in the movie theater. Right. Um. <laughs> maybe maybe one 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 of your listeners can direct me to one that's maybe on the lighter side. Well, maybe you could do like a thriller instead of yeah. horror because yeah. thriller like has the suspense without mm. having so much like clowns coming out of sewer pipes and stuff which is like my nightmare uh, <laughs> yeah okay let's let's do that then yeah that sounds good we'll I could do, I could do that. so we're gonna get you some memoirs some thrillers okay. we're gonna get you some stuff yeah. how about this how do you like to read like what's your setup where are you when do you like to read yes i every morning okay. every morning i give myself uh, an hour to read oh nice uh it's like my way of conditioning myself just like mm-hmm. if i go and exercise it's the same right. way and i I have a totally different relationship with reading. I, uh, I talk about how when I was younger with a disability mm-hmm. and then with that, you you don't, ha- you, your relationship to learning is very mm-hmm. skewed mm-hmm. and over time that's changed for me and now I'm I'm obsessed with reading <laughs> and learning. I love that. It, it, and so every morning I have like, I, it's like my number one thing. It's like I have to get up and read. Not that's like I, I don't have to. It's like I crave to. It's like yeah. it's like eating chocolate. Yeah, to me. you're just so into it. Yeah, and like, do you do it in your bed? Do you get up and like go? Do you have like a reading chair? I have like a reading. I have a desk area. that I okay. that I do. I like to get up out of bed. Okay, because I'll probably just fall, fall asleep. asleep. Yes, if, I have so this I have to be. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I need to be in a posture where I'm yeah. like alert. Totally. Yeah. What's the last book that made you laugh they all made me cry well that's the next question so if you can do that instead <laughs> I, I i look at the books that i've read over time and i think that there is it's something comical about them and i know this is a very vague way of answering sure, don't this worry. because i i have been educating myself mm-hmm. i look at it and i think to myself that wow this I have thought this way my whole life mm-hmm. and now I'm stepping out and thinking a different way. All these belief systems set up that are like culturally are put on us and stuff. And now that I look back at my life and that's comical. Like this, mm-hmm. this whole thing, like I accepted all this stuff, right? You know, I'm now I'm opening myself up to something completely different. And so the, there, I always find, I always have a smile after mm-hmm. each book that I read. Right. You're like, I just learned this new awesome thing. Yeah. And I can apply that to my life. Well, so normally I ask, what's a book that you've re- liked that you've learned a lot, but I'll skip that because it sounds like basically uh, yeah, everything you yeah. read is eye-opening yeah. for you. Can you think of any books that you've read that have made you angry? Like either the content or just like the subject matter or anything like books that have kind of gotten, gotten your, under your skin? Um... There are certain times when I read scripture, I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is because it's cha- it challenges me. Mm, interesting. And it like God challenges me. And, and I don't know if that's a, if, if that's a good thing, but uh, that I feel that way at times, but it's just the truth. It's the reality that, you know, if it's certain scripture or a story or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, like, come on, like, you know, it's like we're human or you know whatever it mm-hmm. is it's like it, but i've been really challenged through scripture that's time. interesting yeah what about 
a book that you're really proud to have read? Mm. I would also say, the, okay, I read the Old Testament. Okay. Like start to finish start like a book. Start to finish. Okay, I skipped over the the, the genealogy stuff. Like, okay, I, okay, I I'm, I don't think God's looking down <laughs> gotcha. at me saying like, "Bad, you're no. bad." No, I, the going through the Old, Old Testament and actually go, like getting through it. Yeah. I, I don't know how much I retained of it, sure. but you know, I was like, "This is the goal of mine," and okay. I and I did it, and uh, that was that felt that felt good. It felt fantastic. It yeah. made me uh, help me understand sort of the connection a little sure. bit. Uh, have you read the new testament as well yes okay yeah yeah that's a, a lot it's like pg-13 got version, it got I it like. okay the yeah. old testament the, 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 i mean the new, new testament new, new excuse testament, me yeah. the old testement is a little it's rougher a, it's a little rougher on the edges <laughs> i'd say and it, i think it's uh, it's uh sometimes um harder to relate to at times but okay. i think that i don't think there's anything wrong with that it's just it's one of those those journeys where you think about it, you look back and you're like, wow, things were a lot different back then, mm-hmm. you know, compared sure. to what they are now. And so, yeah, but when it comes to the the New Testament and talking about love and grace and all those things, I think we all need to hear those types of things that to stop being so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. and have that, that sort of that understanding that, you know, the higher power, whatever you want to call it, is, is on our side. Sure. Mm-hmm. What about... Um, a book that you've read that you're embarrassed about. So this is funny, but when I go on an airplane or something and I'm carrying like a book on love mm-hmm. in my hand and I'm like this guy, like, I, I just feel embarrassed about even carrying <laughs> that book. And I, and I'm like, even if you're totally into the book, you're even just if like, I've totally like loved this book uh-huh. and it's, that's my insecurity, but like, I'll try to like pull it to the side and like, so something they don't see the, the, the cover of it. And I was um, sitting next to this uh, older woman on, on an airplane and she, she saw that I was reading this book um, The Return to mm-hmm. Love and she was like oh my gosh I think she just like started squeezing my cheeks because <laughs> she was like that's so amazing like and um, more men need to read books like this I'm like no 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 like I'm not reading this book I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> you're you're like, stop drawing attention <laughs> to me yeah. that's, so, that's how I feel when I read all my serial killer books I'm like I don't want people to think I'm like a serial killer okay. but you know so I'm not the only one that feels that way no I get embarrassed about all sorts of books yeah what, what about you what do you I, I get embarrassed like my number one answer for this is always Fifty Shades of Grey because I like really read it and liked it and was like this is so embarrassing because I consider myself to be you know, I read a lot of true crime and like a lot of like serious stuff about like race and politics. And I was like on the airplane, like, ooh, what's gonna happen next? Yeah. Like sexy and like this is so hot, you yeah. know. So it's like totally embarrassing. But you know. Fifty I should I read that book? No. I'm I mean, <laughs> you can. It's a different way would to I return get, to love. I would, guess. <laughs> would I get something what would I get out of it? What do you think? What You'd have it, it's entertaining. Oh, is it, it, the writing okay. is not good at all, but like it's an entertaining story. You could probably stop after the first one. I what? mean, it's like a lady's like sexy book. <laughs> like it's like a romance book. I don't would, know. Would you rather see the movie or the book? I did not see the movie. I felt like I spent enough time with those characters. <laughs> I feel like I was able to move on. And, yeah. you know, here I am. Seven years later or something yeah. and still one of my most embarrassing reads. So there you go. <laughs> How about something that you've never read that you're embarrassed that you've never read? Most people say some sort of a classic here, but I'd be interested if you had a different one. <laughs> most people say the Russians like Anna Karenina or. I haven't read any Stephen King novels. I've never either. Okay. So. But that's okay. Is that not, like, I'm I mean, not embarrassed by that, but I don't like scary. So yeah. that's like not really in my wheelhouse. Right. But like most people have. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I, I feel like whenever I say that, the people look at me and they're like, "You're crazy. What yeah, are you doing?" People like, really like him. Yeah, they really like. I mean, yeah. he's been around for, for so long. a long time. And also, the other one like that is Grisham, John Grisham. He has mm. all like he did what, like the Pelican Brief or whatever. And I've never read any of that stuff. And he still writes. Like they're both still writing. They're prolific. There are like hundreds of books, which is crazy. How do you think they write? I don't well I, I've never written a single book and you've written one. So well, that's you probably like a have a better sense. like it's like in, in the nutrition right. and spiritual. I like mean like how do they like, come up with the ideas? Yeah, I mean that's like just I'm actually training someone that's writing a short story right now. Okay. It's a novel. It's like it's like a thriller type. Okay. And it, it it's just one thing leads to another goes you got to go deeper 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 and this leads and opens opens up it's like right. when is this ever stopped and i'm like no wonder if you're into it like you can you can write a book that's 500 pages like no right, problem no problem yeah i don't know how they do it yeah. and they are big books i it's don't a, know it's a it, pretty intense read it's an, yeah i mean yeah, but if you're into it if you're, totally i think like if it's a good book you could like i've read books that are 700 800 pages in 5 days and then i've read books that are 200 pages that have taken me like a week and a half like it just wasn't it did, for me yes yes you know so i was about to say man i'm a really slow reader compared to you well i'm <laughs> a slow reader but if the book is really good i'll spend hours reading mm, it so like mm. the part of it is if a book is really good and it's long and i read it in 5 days i probably spent 5 hours a day reading it mm. whereas like if the book is short and I'm not that into it, I'll spend 20 minutes here and there. So I'm not really like, because I'm just not as inspired by it. I think the best vacation would be on the beach somewhere and just having like a ton of books totally. and just reading. Because I feel like the biggest thing for me is like, I don't, I feel like I don't, like an hour is not enough time for mm -hmm. me. Like I, I, and that's all I have. I, my schedule is crazy. Mm -hmm. I just wish I had more time. More time. Yeah. I know. And, and actually last Christmas I stayed in LA f for the first time with, uh, with no, no family. family. And I just read the whole time. time. It was kind of nice. the best vacation. It's kind of nice. <laughs> I mean, I feel that I'm not going to get any reading done over the holiday, but it's fine. Yeah. What would you say is a favorite book that was assigned to you during school? Uh, I would Hamlet. Oh, um, probably yes. I think because, I, like I said, I was a different person back sure. then. Sure. We all were. Don't and worry. <laughs> I think the reason why I say Hamlet, it was because that uh, I watched the movie okay. during class. <laughs> so I was able to understand it, it and to make those connections. But yeah, I wasn't much of a reader. I Got never it. gave myself a, a chance to. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, school is well, not easy if you're struggling with learning disabilities. Like school is not made for people who are having a hard time yeah it's I was made for people who it's easy yeah there's I think that there's a, a way you know the, the people that are they excel at it mm -hmm. and there's people like me who are like sort of like outside that box right and and um in that sort of like I found myself free once I got right. out of school right because when you're in school you feel like you're a failure mm -hmm. but then once you get out you're like oh there's different ways to do things yeah there's different ways schools to are great and horrible yeah no <laughs> I mean I listen I love learning and, and yeah. I wish I had this this attitude right. towards learning uh, you know way back when right and didn't. the time too like i'm sure there's a lot of different things that play into how you can fi like find your way to it and mm -hmm. there's just not enough time in a school year to like customize everything to everyone's abilities but what, it's too bad what about you what was your um well i let's i don't even know if i have one my favorite book i read in school the giver that was in like fourth grade we read that it's oh, a really wow. good children's book about like dystopia but I still love that book. Um, 
I still love that book. I can't believe you remember all of, what did you say, fourth grade? Fourth grade. Well, I've re- reread it since. Okay. It's like one okay. of my favorite books. I read it like in seventh grade and then I, you wow. know, I actually don't even have my copy anymore, which is too bad. I think my mom has it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were a teacher, what's a book you might recommend to your students or you might well, assign in class? I would think it's maybe one of these books that, I, that I've read that help you um, sort of get you ready for the outside world right a little bit more and if that is like a maybe like a a tony robbins or maybe that's like a old school like napoleon hill or somebody that's going to inspire you to think outside that box Mm. and to sort of lift yourself outside and and not seeing like okay maybe there's another way to to live and just to get people ready even if it's like i don't even like for a long time to even know how to write a check Mm -hmm. you know what i mean right or (laughs) what 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 it was to to invest your money at a sure. young, you know what I mean? Right. Those types of things that will really uh, help people long term. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Do you have any books on fitness or health that you really love? Yeah, I uh, I did a uh, well. There's one called The Maker's Diet that I, I've been reading recently, and mm-hmm. that's about this guy who had Crohn's disease, and he was like. 80 pounds at one point oh my god and he was super sick and he he tried everything that he went to a diet uh like like sort of like a kosher diet Mm -hmm. and over time it absolutely saved him and he talks about like the digestive system it's really it's it's intensive um but it's it's fascinating just the fact that like he just adopted this this like the tradition of way of eating you mm-hmm. know, into his like it's been around forever mm-hmm. into his own into his own life and it changed and it was there the whole time he was right. trying all these new things right. and it, nothing worked for him and then he tapped into the the kosher diet and it was like game over it worked for him and then there was something that i did in college i did a uh, project on it's called nutrient timing and i don't even it was just like this self-published book that, oh interesting and it's really about how uh, eating foods at a certain time like after a workout and during mm. certain times of the day to get the um the most effective um, out of the the nutrients and allow and understanding what's going on in your body why you eat protein and carbs after workout right. not just protein because you need something to shunt all the protein into the muscles, and that's mm. what carbs do. And so it educates you in a way where it's like it really breaks things down. And once I started implementing in that into my my whole uh, workout program, I really saw like massive changes. That's so awesome. Yeah. Okay, I have one more question from you. And full disclosure, I stole this question from the New York Times by the book, which is like where they interview authors. Um, but they've been doing it for years. If you could require the president of the United States to read one book, what would it be? And just to be fair, this question, they were doing it long ago. Now it feels like very triggering for people. Like it feels like I'm like trying to catch you, but I'm not like they did it with Obama. They did it with Clinton. They did it with Bush. So Uh, now we have Trump. Trump. How about a return to love? Oh, (laughs) that's good. I think we all need a little bit more love right now in our lives. So yeah, I think that might be a good one. So good. Okay, so next week you're coming back. We're talking about The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked about it a little bit, so we won't do a preview. But we'll, well, do you have anything else you want to say before we go? Oh, man, you really covered the whole book game like yeah. really well. So you, you're <laughs> awesome at this. Thanks. Yeah. No, I think I think that uh, people, when it, when it comes to Seven Sundays, there's one message that I like uh, to give. And that is my whole goal here is that it's not this – this exercise and diet book or that you have. And it's like, okay, I have 43 days to reach my goal. 
I want people to be empowered to create this as a lifestyle, mm -hmm. to continue to move forward, and, and they can put this book down and say, I can do this yeah. on my own. And so that's what I'm really looking for as, in terms of the message of Seven Sundays and helping people with that. Perfect. I love that. So people, you can get Seven Sundays. It's out now. You can get it on Amazon. You can order it from your local bookstore if they don't have it. You can also get it through Simon & Schuster. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Yes. Alec, thank you so thank much you. for being here. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you guys in the stacks. That does it for us today. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you to Alec for joining us today. Next Wednesday, Alec is back to discuss The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I'll be back on Monday, December 31st with an episode of The Short Stacks. It's our special New Year's Eve episode. I'll be sharing my top five favorite books of 2018. And I have a special guest returning to share hers as well. So make sure you tune in. Also, you can keep casting your votes for the 2018 Battle of the Books on our Instagram page. So make sure you're following us at, at the Stacks Pod. To join the Stacks Pack and to get inside access to this show, like perks and the book club and more, go to patreon.com slash the Stacks. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review the show. I would like to give a special thank you to Jay Schwartz. Our graphic designer is Robin McCright, and our theme music is from Tagiragis. This show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas.